Welcome to another in-depth exploration of biblical missionaries, written by Borge Schantz, edited for audio and produced by the Ambassador Group. Exploration 2. Abraham, the First Missionary So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand, then, that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 to 8, New International Version. It's no coincidence that three of the world's major faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are sometimes called the Abrahamic faiths. That's because all three, in one way or another, trace their roots back to this great man of God. Though Abraham is admired as the defining example of faithfulness, this exploration will examine this faithfulness from a different angle. That is, we want to view him as a missionary, as someone called by the Lord to go to another land and witness to the people about the true God, the Creator and Redeemer. And if you belong to Christ, are in him who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to promise. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. God gave Abraham and his family after him a threefold purpose. Purpose one, to be recipients and guardians of the divine truth of God's kingdom that had been lost in the earlier history of humankind. Purpose two, to be the channel through which the Redeemer would enter history. And purpose three, to be as God's faithful servants, a light to the nations, a light to those who needed to know the Lord. The Call of Abraham The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, New International Version. Abram, whose name meant the father is exalted, and whose name was changed to Abraham, the father of multitudes, grew up in Ur, in what is now Iraq. God called him to separate himself from his familiar social and spiritual context and migrate to an unfamiliar country, 
where God conducted a hundred-year spiritual makeover, turning him into the father of the faithful. In the midst of personal and family struggles, Abraham became a prototype missionary to several people groups and a respected leader who witnessed to his faith in God. Listen to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. What principles do you hear that you can apply to your own particular situation? That is, what did Abraham experience that you might experience in your own way as well? Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. In you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. What principles did you hear? Let's compare our listening observations. Are you listening to God? He's speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to leave your comfort zone? Are you eager to be a blessing to other people? Let's also compare those verses in Genesis to Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 10. Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in the promise of God, though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him of the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which has fixed and firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. The patriarch was called to leave his past behind him, to step out in faith, to believe what seemed unbelievable, to do what God had called him to do. And as a result of his faithfulness, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Many of us are tested, as was Abraham. Of course, you might not hear the voice of God speaking directly to you, but he calls us by the teachings of his word and the events of his providence. We may be required to abandon a career that promises wealth and honor. We might have to leave congenial and profitable associations and separate from family. Indeed, we might have to enter upon what appears only to be a path of self-denial, hardship, and sacrifice. But if God calls us to, how can we refuse? In Genesis, the Hebrew reads literally, And God said to Abraham, 
Go for yourself from your land. He was told to go for himself, that is, for his own sake. What does that mean to you? And how will you apply it to yourself? Abraham's Testimony to the Kings Lot was a relative of Abraham and accompanied him on some of his travels. His choice of the well-watered Jordan Valley brought him into the company of the wicked men in Sodom. Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. He was then rescued first by Abraham, Genesis 14, 11 to 16, and later by two angels, Genesis 19. When Abraham heard that his relative Lot was in trouble, he decided to help him. In rescuing Lot, Abraham headed a military force of more than 300 men of his own household. Numerous kings were involved in the battle for Sodom, and Abraham came out the victor. Genesis 14, 8-24 says, Then the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Bela, that is, Zoar, went out, and together they joined battle with those kings in the valley of Siddim, with the kings Chedorlaomer of Elam, Tidal of Goim, Amraphel of Shinar, and Arioch of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of slime or bitumen pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, they fell, were overthrown there, and the remainder of the kings fled to the mountain. The victors took all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all the supply of provisions, and departed. And they also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods away with them. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, one from the other side, who was living by the oaks or terebinths of Mamre the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and of Anar. These were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his nephew had been captured, he armed, led forth the 318 trained servants born in his own house, and pursued the enemy as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and attacked and routed them, and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And he brought forth all the goods, and also brought back his kinsman Lot, and his possessions, the women also, and the people. After his... Abram's return from the defeat and slaying of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheve, that is, the king's valley. Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine for their nourishment, and he was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed! 
favored with blessings, made blissful, joyful, be Abraham by God Most High, possessor and maker of heaven and earth, and blessed, praised, and glorified be God Most High, who has given your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand and sworn to the Lord, God Most High, the possessor and maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a shoelace or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Take all except only what my young men have eaten, and the share of the men, allies, who went with me, Aner, Eshcol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. What did Abraham's actions say about his character and, as a result, about his faith and his God? To the kings he conquered, Abraham revealed the power of God. Even during this rescue mission, the father of the faithful did not lose his divine call to be a blessing to the nations. The worshiper of Jehovah had not only rendered a great service to the country, but had proved himself a man of valor. It was seen that righteousness is not cowardice, and that Abraham's religion made him courageous in maintaining the right and defending the oppressed. His heroic act gave him a widespread influence among the surrounding tribes. On his return, the king of Sodom came out with his retinue to honor the conqueror. He bade him take the goods, begging only that the prisoners should be restored. By the usage of war, the spoils belonged to the conquerors. But Abraham had undertaken this expedition with no purpose of gain, and he refused to take advantage of the unfortunate, only stipulating that his confederates should receive the portion to which they were entitled. The author is Ellen G. White. The book is entitled Patriarchs and Prophets. That extensive insight is found on page 135. Think about your dealings with others. What kind of witness do they present to people about your faith? Exemplar of Faith Though hardly perfect, Abraham was a man of God, and time and again in the Bible, even in the New Testament, he is used as an example of faithfulness and of what it means to be saved by faith. Let's consider two verses, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. 
Old Testament. Genesis 15, verse 6. And he, Abraham, believed in, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness, right standing with God. New Testament, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6. Thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God, and it was reckoned and placed to his account, and credited as righteousness, as conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 19. What does it tell you about Abraham and his faith that is so important for anyone who wants to be a missionary for God in whatever capacity possible? Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in the promise of God, though he was like a stranger in a strange country living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him of the same promise. For he was, waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which was fixed and firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Because of faith also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age for it, because she considered God, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, there have sprung descendants whose number is as the stars of heaven and as countless as the innumerable sands on the seashore. These people all died, controlled and sustained by their faith, but not having received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance by faith, and all the while acknowledging and confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth. Now those people who talk as they did show plainly that they are in search of a fatherland, their own country. If they had been thinking with homesick remembrance of that country from which they were emigrants, they would have found constant opportunity to return to it. But the truth is that they were yearning for and aspiring to a better and more desirable country that is, a heavenly one. For that reason, God is not ashamed to be called their God, even to be surnamed their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress, 
had already brought Isaac for an offering. For he who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises was ready to sacrifice his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from among the dead. Indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. The Lord wanted to use Abraham, but the first thing he had to do was get him to leave his past behind. The lesson should be obvious to any of us, especially those of us who have pasts not in harmony with the will and law of God, which actually includes us all. Amazing, too, was the fact that though Abraham left, he did not know where he was going. Hebrews 11.8, New International Version. Though most missionaries know where they're going, at least in a geographical sense, in another sense, when any of us takes a giant leap of faith and give our hearts totally to God, we really don't know, at least in the short run, where we will wind up, though in the long run we have absolute assurance. If we did know, it would not require that much faith. Hence, not knowing is prerequisite for truly being able to live by faith. Another crucial point here is that Abraham was looking to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Verse 10, New International Version. Abraham kept the big picture in mind. He knew that whatever he faced here, whatever toils and struggles, it would all be worth it in the end. He knew, too, that he wasn't just a stranger in the promised land, but that he was one of many strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 13, New King James Version. This world and our lives in it as precious as they appear to us now, it's all we have now, is not the whole story, not by a long shot. And of course, the greatest example of faith in the Old Testament was what Abraham was willing to do to his son on Mount Moriah at the command of God. In what ways have you experienced what it means to step out in faith? What hardships have you faced? What joys have you experienced? Knowing what you know now, what might you have done differently? Abraham's Testimony to the Kings Lot was a relative of Abraham and accompanied him on some of his travels. His choice of the well-watered Jordan Valley brought him into the company of the wicked men in Sodom. Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. 
He was then rescued first by Abraham, Genesis 14, 11 to 16, and later by two angels, Genesis 19. When Abraham heard that his relative Lot was in trouble, he decided to help him. In rescuing Lot, Abraham headed a military force of more than 300 men of his own household. Numerous kings were involved in the battle for Sodom, and Abraham came out the victor. Genesis 14, 8-24 says, Then the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Bela, that is, Zoar, went out, and together they joined battle with those kings in the valley of Siddim, with the kings Chedorlaomer of Elam, Tidal of Goim, Amraphel of Shinar, and Arioch of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of slime or bitumen pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, they fell, were overthrown there, and the remainder of the kings fled to the mountain. The victors took all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the supply of provisions and departed. And they also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods away with them. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, one from the other side, who was living by the oaks or terebinths of Mamre the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and of Anar. These were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his nephew had been captured, he armed, led forth the 318 trained servants born in his own house and pursued the enemy as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and attacked and routed them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And he brought forth all the goods and also brought back his kinsman Lot and his possessions, the women also and the people. After his, Abram's return from the defeat and slaying of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheve, that is, the king's valley. Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine for their nourishment, and he was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed, favored with blessings, made blissful, joyful, be Abram by God most high, possessor and maker of heaven and earth, and blessed, praised, and glorified be God most high, who has given your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand and sworn to the Lord, God most high, the possessor and maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a shoelace or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich.
Take all except only what my young men have eaten, and the share of the men, allies, who went with me, Aner, Eshcol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. What did Abraham's actions say about his character and, as a result, about his faith and his God? To the kings he conquered, Abraham revealed the power of God. Even during this rescue mission, the father of the faithful did not lose his divine call to be a blessing to the nations. The worshiper of Jehovah had not only rendered a great service to the country, but had proved himself a man of valor. It was seen that righteousness is not cowardice, and that Abraham's religion made him courageous in maintaining the right and defending the oppressed. His heroic act gave him a widespread influence among the surrounding tribes. On his return, the king of Sodom came out with his retinue to honor the conqueror. He bade him take the goods, begging only that the prisoners should be restored. By the usage of war, the spoils belonged to the conquerors. But Abraham had undertaken this expedition with no purpose of gain, and he refused to take advantage of the unfortunate, only stipulating that his confederates should receive the portion to which they were entitled. The author is Ellen G. White. The book is entitled Patriarchs and Prophets. That extensive insight is found on page 135. Think about your dealings with others. What kind of witness do they present to people about your faith? Abraham, a missionary in his own house. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Genesis 18, verses 18 and 19 in the New International Version. What important lessons about faithfulness and serving God did you hear in these verses? God called Abraham to be a teacher of his word. He chose him to be the father of a great nation because he saw that Abraham would instruct his children and his household in the principles of God's law. And that which gave power to Abraham's teaching was the influence of his own life. His great household consisted of more than a thousand souls, many of them heads of families, and not a few, but newly converted from heathenism. The insightful book is entitled Education by Ellen G. White. That quotation is found on page 187. 
missionary activities will be more successful when they are backed by a family life that is in harmony with the designs of God. Bible history and church history tell us that most early Christian churches were house and family based. One of the reasons Abraham was chosen was that God saw his ability to direct his children and his household in the way of the Lord. God's purpose in the family equals his purpose in missions, namely, to do what is right and just. Proverbs 21.3, New International Version. What examples of Abraham's family can you find that showed that they were faithful to the Lord? Let's listen to Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 20. Verse 11. Because of faith, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age for it, because she considered God, who had given her the promise, to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. Verse 20, with eyes of faith, Isaac, looking far into the future, invoked blessings upon Jacob and Esau. Of course, in the Bible, we can also find examples of godly men whose families did not follow the way of the Lord. Nevertheless, the point of the texts is clear. Abraham's faith and example were strong enough that those of his household learned to keep the way of the Lord. Genesis 18, verse 19. To keep the way of the Lord. What does that phrase mean to you? How are we to keep the way of the Lord? Let's continue exploring. God called Abraham, and prospered and honored him. And the patriarch's fidelity was a light to the people in all the countries of his sojourn. Abraham did not shut himself away from the people around him. He maintained friendly relations with the kings of the surrounding nations, by some of whom he was treated with great respect. And his integrity and unselfishness, his valor and benevolence, were representing the character of God. In Mesopotamia, in Canaan, in Egypt, and even to the inhabitants of Sodom, the God of heaven was revealed through his representative. The book, which goes between the lines of lives and experiences of the Old Testament patriarchs and prophets, is entitled simply, Patriarchs and Prophets. That glimpse is from page 368. The author's name is Ellen G. White. 
Now let's take some time to ask a few life application questions. For thousands of years, the story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah has thrilled and challenged the faithful, while evoking scorn and ridicule among those who have seen it as an act of cruelty and barbarity. Listen to the story again in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 19 from the Amplified Bible. As you listen, think about these questions. What great lessons do you take from it? What does it teach you about the cross and the terrible cost of sin? What does it teach you about what is involved in taking a leap of faith? Why is this story so troubling to many? After these events, God tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. God said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and then began the trip to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his servants, Settle down and stay here with the donkey, and I and the young man will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac his son. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac his son, and he took the fire, the firepot, in his own hand, and a knife, and the two of them went on together. And Isaac said to Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, See, here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt sacrifice? Abraham said, My son, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two went on together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there. Then he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took hold of the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He answered, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear and revere God, since you have not held back from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and glanced around, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering and an ascending sacrifice instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. And it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time, and said, I have sworn by myself, says the Lord, that since you have done this, and have not withheld from me, or begrudged giving me your son, your only son, 
In blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heavens and like the sand on the seashore. And your seed, heir, will possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed, Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, and by him bless themselves, because you have heard and obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his servants, and they rose up and went with him to Beersheba. There Abraham lived. Now listen to Genesis chapter 12, verses 11 to 13, and chapter 20, verse 2. Two accounts where Abraham, a man of God, showed a lack of faith. What do you take away from these stories? Genesis chapter 12, verses 11 to 13. And when he was about to enter into Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are beautiful to behold. So when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say, I beg of you, that you are my sister, so that it may go well with me for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 2. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah into his harem. One of the most famous texts in the Bible is Genesis 15 and verse 6. What does it say? In what context is it given? And he, Abraham, believed in, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness, right standing with God. The Context Abram is asking God about his biological descendants, which at that time numbered none, zero. God responded to Abram's question by promising Abraham that his descendants would be countless, like the stars of the night sky. Listen to how this story is referred to three times in the New Testament. First, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness right living, and right standing with God. Number two, Galatians chapter three and verse six. Thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God. And it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited as righteousness, as conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. Third, James chapter 2 and verse 23. And so the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will in thought and deed. And he was called God's friend. What do these verses teach you about faith? 
works and salvation. ambassadorgroup.org This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.